0: hello hello i'm sarah i'm casey and we are relatively dark i apologize if i sounded like relatively dark but we don't care we don't care (laughs) there we go i'm sorry but i don't care don't apologize (laughs) Um, any news today? No. Okay. Take a big, deep breath and say no. (laughs) I'm thinking. That was my thinking. They have already come out with a documentary about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Really? Yes. So, maybe we should cover that at some point. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? I didn't even know they were going to do that. Yeah, they were right on it. So, speaking of celebrities... Okay, I'm excited. I'm going to segue into this case. So, I told you that you would definitely know this person. Mm-hmm. And I've been dying to know this whole time. But I don't know if you know the story behind their death. Okay. I'm going to tell you about the life and death of actress Brittany Murphy. Oh, wow. Okay. Do I like... you know anything about this?
1: No, I mean, I thought that she
0: overdosed. A lot of people do. Okay. So, she was born Brittany Ann Bertilotti. Okay. The best I can do. I apologize. Mm-hmm. On November 10th, 1977 in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Her parents were Sharon Murphy and Angelo Bertolotti. Angelo. Yes. And Angelo was in and out of jail. Apparently mm-hmm. he was involved in organized crime. Wow. And either tied to or just a straight up member of the mob. Wow. Angelo and Sharon divorced when Brittany was just two years old. Okay. And in 1980, Sharon and Brittany moved to Edison, New Jersey. Brittany was always performing. She was in plays in school. You know, the epitome of a child entertainer. Right. Liked the spotlight. And at a very young age, she began pointing at the TV and saying, you know, I want to be on TV. I want to do that. Yeah. So, they eventually moved to Hollywood. Okay. And by all accounts, this is what Brittany wanted to do. She wasn't pressured. Right. Which is good. Yeah. From the beginning, Brittany and her mom, Sharon, it was just the two of them. Her dad wasn't in the picture very much. Yeah. And they had more of, more like a friendship than a mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. And they described themselves as being soulmates. Oh, okay. So they were super close. Yeah. Which is sweet. Yeah. Um, Brittany started getting some TV roles. Okay. She was in Boy Meets World. She was in Sister Sister, oh, Frasier, so. and Party of Five, just to name a few. A fru. Just to name the fru. <laughs> in 1995, at the age of 17, she got the role, most would agree, launched her career. I don't know if I know which one it is or not. Do you want to guess? Um,
1: there's two that I'm thinking of, but it might have been after that. The two that I know are Little Black Book and Uptown Girl, or Uptown Girls. You are okay. going to feel stupid. <laughs> Sorry, Probably. but you're going to feel Probably. stupid. She
0: got the role of Ty in Clueless. Oh my gosh, Duh. <laughs> oh
1: uh, duh uh, i knew that i totally knew that everybody just knows that i have my moments as do i
0: anyways oh, yes she got um, duh. she got the role of Tan clueless she played the new girl kind of weird not as pretty she didn't fit in she gets this makeover she becomes popular if you haven't watched it pause this go watch it and come back because it's a great movie <laughs> um and she kept getting cast in these more underdog type roles she wasn't getting, like, the pretty girl roles, the popular right. girl roles. And over time, she lost weight, she dyed her hair blonde, and then this mm. got people's attention. Because yep. Hollywood. Yep. I do not know how to pronounce her last name. Okay. An actress named Kathy. She's the one that plays Mary in Hocus Pocus. Okay. She worked with Brittany on King of the Hill. They okay. were both voice as, voice actors for King of the Hill, and they got really close. Okay. And at one point, she asked her if she was okay, and she was like, you know, the blonde hair looks great, but was this your idea? Yeah. And she told her that her beautiful body was diminishing. And according to her, Brittany said, quote, that's what I've been told. If I wanted to be considered as a leading lady, I needed to lose a lot of weight, end quote. Man. And she was by no means yeah. bigger at all. No. I feel
1: like I may have watched a video about her a while back, which I completely forgot until right now, literally. <laughs> but yeah, that there was a little bit more to her life than yeah what I people watched, saw, which is probably true for a lot of celebrities. But
0: yeah, for my information, I watched um, the ID, ID murder mystery about Brittany Murphy, and hmm. then the HBO Max I think original. I think it's mine. Mom what was, happened, Brittany Murphy? I think mine was just something on Facebook. <laughs> Probably. So there's a lot out there. Yeah. Um, in the documentary, Kathy, it looks like Najimi. I don't know if it's that's okay. right. I'm sorry, Mary. <laughs> Kathy. Um, <laughs> she said she was already beautiful, not even fat in society's terms. She lost weight. Then they're still, you know, going after her and commenting on her appearance. And she made a comment about just leave women alone and let them work. And she was saying, you know, we don't do this to men. Yeah. And it's it's more so now than it was back then, but still, I mean, women is the one <laughs> are the ones that get body shamed. Yeah. And it's sad. And it's stupid. So yeah. everybody stop it. And it's still happening one way um, or the other. Yeah. And it was rumored in the media that Brittany Murphy had an eating disorder, which was always denied by Brittany, by her family, by her friends, everybody. Okay. Um so once she lost this weight. She dyed her hair blonde. She uh, started getting bigger roles. Mm-hmm. She was in 8 Mile, oh, Sin yep. City, Girl Interrupted, which were big, more drama-type yep. roles. And she also became a rom-com leading lady. Yep. In roles like Just Married, Uptown Girls, and Little Black Book.
1: Yeah, I feel so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> she would forgive you. And I apologize. She actually dated a couple of her on-screen love interests. She dated Ashton Kutcher. She had a little thing with Eminem. Mm-hmm. But each of these just lasted a few months. Yeah. Like, she didn't have anything super serious. Yeah. In 2006, she meets a British screenwriter named Simon Monjack, and they meet to go over some kind of movie project. Okay. I think she had met him before, but it was, like, super casual. Yeah. Like, they didn't, like, know each other. Yeah. Well, they eventually start dating, and within a year, they're married. So, they move pretty fast. Yeah. This was Simon's third marriage. But his mom, Linda, said that Brittany was his, the first wife that, like, he was in love with. Oh, okay. Um, Sharon and Brittany had always lived together, and this didn't change whenever Brittany and Simon got married. The three of them lived at the home that Brittany had previously bought from Britney Spears. Oh, okay. In Hollywood Hills, and this was a $3.9 million home. Golly. It's a very nice house. Yeah. Apparently, once they were married, they rarely left that house. Okay. Like, they were there 24-7. Nobody really knew of Simon Monjack until he married Brittany Murphy. Like, he was just kind of like a blimp on the radar. Yeah. And then he gets with Brittany Murphy, and then everybody knows who he is. Okay. Because she's a star. Yeah. And pretty much everyone thought that Simon was bad for Brittany. Okay. For many reasons, I will get into later. Okay. So, they conduct an intervention with Brittany and Sharon, and they show them documentation of, you know, troubles he's had with the law... And the fact that he has outstayed his visa, which some of them speculated is why he wanted to marry her so quickly. Yeah. You know, whatever. Hmm. But Sharon and Brittany both said they loved him. They believed him. So the intervention ultimately failed. Gotcha. Before we move on, let's get to know Simon just oh. a little bit. Okie He was born March 9th, 1970 in London, seven to eight years older than Brittany, depending on the time of year, y'all. His mom, Linda, said that he had an, a high IQ oh, and that he was very charismatic and charming. Oh, okay. His brother, James, said that from an early age, he had the ability to manipulate the environment in order to get what he wanted out of it. Wow, that's a pretty strong statement. What does that even mean? Yeah. Like, the environment? Do you mean people? I'm assuming, like, the people around him and, like, the situations he was around.
1: Like, how would you they manipulate? They kind of said it as
0: a good thing. Or do you mean it as in, like, he took charge and, like, what he wants, he goes after it? Because that's a weird way of wording it.
1: I kind of took it, if it was going to be a positive statement, then I kind of took it as, like, he was able to acclimate and adapt and maybe even not change but alter his surroundings to best fit him.
0: Yeah. But that's not what I said.
1: <laughs> no, but, I mean, if you're going to take it, that's the way I would take it if it's supposed to be positive. If not, it just sounds like he's a manipulative jerk.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Oh, well, he was manipulative, apparently. Good or bad way. Somehow. Um, His father died of cancer when he was 16. Mm. But his mom, Linda, said that that did not change him. His personality, he was still charming, still himself. She said you could tell part of him died, but he was still Simon. Right, yeah. Um, In 1999, Simon was around 30. Okay. A dinner party was hosted by someone else in the film industry. He arrived with his girlfriend at the time. And Simon told everyone there that he had more Vermeer paintings than okay. anyone else in the world. Okay, uh, this is the painter who painted the girl with the pearly ring, the main one I know. Is she the one that has her hair up in a blue yes. thing? Oh, okay. He said he had more of his paintings than anyone else in the world. Hmm. He said he had dated Elle McPherson and McDonough. McDonough, <laughs> 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 sorry. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take just a quick break to get ourselves together. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, we are back. He said he dated Elle McPherson and Madonna. hmm
2: <laughs> And
0: he said at one time he had suffered from terminal brain cancer. Okay. But he said he had bought some experimental treatment derived from the fins of sharks that saved his life. And he also owned 17 Ferraris. Okay. So he was a very fancy man. <clears throat> oh, that's weird. The Too stuff he bad said. none of this was true.
1: That's what I was about <laughs> to say. Is he a compulsive liar?
0: Because that's crazy. So, he was dating this beautiful girl living off of her money. And whenever that money ran out, he was done. Wow. He was gone. And he just claimed to have all of these things and all this money that he just didn't. He's just claiming all this stuff, like, oh, I have all of these paintings, and oh, I have 17 Ferraris, and really, he Was got... he from a different country? He's from London. Oh, I forgot he was from London. I know that wasn't, like, in British accent. Oh, that was an okay. English accent, but... Anyways, years after this dinner party, where all this stuff comes out, the only reason I told you that is to kind of just get an idea of him. Yeah, so he's not that great, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so... Years later, Simon takes another girlfriend to his personal trainer, a man named Harley Pasternak. And his bill starts racking up. And so his trainer tells him, you can't book any more sessions because you're so behind. Right. Simon called him sometime later to tell him that he was dating Brittany Murphy now. And they wanted to train with him. And he's like, I'll pay you what I owe you now. Okay. He was, like, name-dropping, it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, I'm dating Brittany Murphy now, and we want to... Don't you know who I am? Yeah. Don't you know who she is? Yeah. So, that's a very brief tip of the iceberg bit about Mr. Monjack. Okay, so I don't like him too much. Yeah, well, now we're going to talk about his relationship with Brittany. Staying on the topic of the personal trainer, Simon wanted him to work with Brittany to, I guess, help her get in shape for, like, an upcoming role she was doing... And Harley said, you know, okay, I'll just work with her team. So it turns out she had no team anymore. Simon was her agent. Simon was her manager. He was everything. If anyone wanted to get in touch with Brittany, they had to go through Simon. Wow. Harley said that it looked like Brittany was under the influence of something the first time he met her. And he speculated that it was Pills. Okay. In the documentary, the interviewer asked him, she said, did she seem like she wanted to be with him? And he answered, quote, she just seemed like she was high, so I don't, I don't know, end quote. Yeah, man. Um, Kathy, lovely Slash Mary. Yeah. She said that he would drop Brittany off at work, and he would wait around, and then during their breaks, Brittany would go sit with him in the car on her breaks. She said she stopped hanging out with other cast members. She stopped having lunch with them, basically stopped talking to them, and eventually even her phone number was changed. Well. So he controlled who she talked to and what roles she took. It started getting tougher for Brittany to get jobs because people were hearing that she was difficult to work with, mainly because of her husband. People knew they had to go through him. They knew how he treated her and how controlling he was. They didn't want to deal with him, so they wouldn't Um, book her. There were things going around that Brittany was hard to work with just because she was kind of out of it on set. She would be forgetting her lines and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But a big factor of it was yeah, having it wasn't, to deal with him too. It wasn't just him, but... So she goes from these leading lady, rom-com, dramatic, you know, A-list movie roles to B-list roles. Like horror and slasher films and stuff like that. Not bad movies, just not the level yeah. that she was at. Right. In November of 2009, Brittany, along with Simon and Sharon, of course... They go to Puerto Rico so she can start production on a film titled The Caller. However, Brittany was fired from the movie two days into filming after Simon allegedly caused problems on set. Okay. I've heard that he slapped or hit someone. Wow. And I've also heard that he came to the set drunk and Brittany was told to make him leave and she wouldn't make him leave, so she was fired. Gotcha. So, he did something. I'm not 100% sure what, but they all leave Puerto Rico and just weeks later, on Sunday, December 20th, 2009, at 8 a.m., Sharon makes a call to 911 after Brittany is found unresponsive in the bathroom of their home. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm going to play you a short clip of that 911 call. Okay.
2: It's by What's the address of the emergency. 1895 Rising Glen Road. What's the phone number you're calling from? Tell me exactly what happened. Oh, somebody's passed out. Somebody what? Oh, somebody's, my daughter's passed can we do mouth to mouth? Please get oh, your phone. Okay. Friend, please. Okay. Stop. All right, we're going to. How old is your daughter? She's 30. Please help. She's 30. Okay, she's with you now? Yes, there's supper coming. Yeah, ma'am. You don't have to yell. We're going to send somebody out there, okay? Please. Is she awake? Please, do no. Is she breathing? do no. Okay, so somebody's doing mouth to mouth? Yes. Okay. All right. Did, ma'am, did somebody see what happened? No.
0: So, the one part that it sounded like it cut out, I think they cut out the phone number. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense. First, I was like, he didn't even,
1: he asked her a question didn't even let her answer.
0: <laughs> so, she definitely sounds like she is hysterical. Yeah. The paramedics arrive and they feel a very, very faint pulse. So, they transport Brittany to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Okay. Doctors do their best to revive her. But, unfortunately, at 10.05, 32-year-old Brittany Murphy is pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. Ed Winter is the assistant chief coroner in L.A. County, and he oversees the investigation into Brittany's death. Okay. He did a lot of high-profile cases. He did Michael Jackson. He did Whitney Houston. Okay. Within a couple hours, Winter interviews Simon, and Simon tells him that Brittany had been sick with flu-like symptoms. Okay. Winter said that Simon seemed to be under the influence of something. He said he was pacing back and forth. He had just strange mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And that he seemed confused. Okay. He said a lot of people in that moment, they're kind of like stone cold or they're super upset. He said he just seemed like he wasn't really there. Yeah. Simon tells Winter he doesn't want an autopsy. Winter tells him that, you know, they have to do one unless it's, you know, against your religious beliefs or there's a court order saying not to, like, we're doing an autopsy. Yeah. When Winter Yeah. When Winter and the other police officers search the home... In the bedroom on his nightstand, they find approximately 90 prescription bottles for things like anxiety, depression, painkillers, a lot of which can be addictive or they are yeah. addictive. They're opioids. Yeah. And there was even more on her nightstand. Not more than 90, but more than what they found on his. Goodness. Um, actually, I'm not sure if it was 90 just on his or all together. Okay. Either way. Either was way. Way. Yeah. way too many. Uh, a poop tonne. So the media starts publishing stories about Brittany, of course, publishing stories about times when she seemed like she was high on set, about her forgetting her lines, having to have them read to her, things that were just out of character for her and what most people had to say about her and, you know, her work ethic. Yeah. Between the stories the media was reporting, along with Simon's behavior, you know, with the no autopsy thing, people start wondering if he had something to do with her death. Right. Right. Two months after her death, uh, the autopsy and toxicology reports are released. Her cause of death is listed as pneumonia. Pneumonia? Yes. Um, It's also stated that she was severely anemic and that she had overdosed on over-the-counter medications. Okay. According to Ed Winter, all three contributed to her death. So, she died from pneumonia, severe anemia, and an overdose of prescription medication. Or legal medication, whatever. yeah. Yeah. She'd been sick anywhere from a week to 10 days before she died. The big question is why was she not taken to the doctor? Right. If she had pneumonia and anemia had weakened her immune system, she would have been clearly very sick. Yeah, not just the sniffles like a cold. Yeah. And Simon's mom talked to Brittany on the phone shortly before she died and Brittany told her that she would be going up the stairs, and by the time she got to the top, she could barely breathe. She mm-hmm. like she was having trouble breathing. And she asked her, do you think I'm dying? And his mom told her, no, but you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. And he still didn't take her to the doctor. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. why was she not taken to the doctor? Yeah. If I had flu-like symptoms for a week, Okay. If it was just a lingering cough or a runny nose, but obviously it wasn't. Yeah, that's the thing with
1: respiratory issues like that. Mm -hmm. They, after a few days, they build up and then they start to, I was going to say disintegrate. That's not right, but they start to go away. They start to get better. It always gets worse before it gets better, but it doesn't get worse for 10 days. And obviously there was no issue.
0: There was no sign of them getting better. One podcast I listened to about it, they brought up the fact that, you know, if you have stuff in your chest, like respiratory problems or whatever, and you just take over-the-counter medication that's, um, I can't think of what medication they were talking about, but something that isn't going to loosen up the mucus and stuff and the congestion, Yeah, it's going to make you worse. Yeah. Like, like if you have that cough a, suppressant. Th- thank you, yeah. cough suppressant. Because sometimes sometimes way.
1: you need to cough because it mm-hmm. needs, if it's productive, you need to cough to loosen that stuff up. That's why you don't necessarily need a cough suppressant all the time. Your body is coughing for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you have a sore throat, a scratchy throat, cough suppressant. Okay. If you have phlegm in your chest, you don't need that. You need, like, mucinex mm-hmm.
0: to break it up. Anyways, Sharon and especially Simon are facing a lot of scrutiny in the media. Mm-hmm. So, they decide to do a nationally televised live interview with Mr. Larry King to Mm -hmm. defend themselves and tell what really happened. Clear Mm -hmm. the air. You know, squash the rumors. This is what happened. Okay. It didn't help. Uh, I didn't figure. At one point during the interview, Simon says that she had laryngitis and he says that he doesn't know what to do with laryngitis. Okay. I'm going to play you a short clip of this part of the interview. Oh, goodness.
2: What happened that day was Brittany had laryngitis. I have no idea what to do with laryngitis. I'm a rabbi, not a doctor. So I prayed instead of prescribe.
0: Did he just say that he prayed instead of prescribed? Yes. He also said that um, he was a rabbi. What? Nothing I ever saw said anything about him being a rabbi. I don't know where that came from. And if he was, then his lifestyle would be different. I can tell you that right now. I would think... Well, she had laryngitis. I'm a rabbi, so I pray instead of prescribe. Then take her to
1: the doctor if you don't know what to do with laryngitis. Exactly. You're I, not don't doctor. Know, I don't know to what one. to do,
0: you know, with a chopped off arm. I'm not just going <laughs> to be like,
1: eh, well, you know. Let's wrap it up. Hope for the best. Oh, Anyways. we'll say a prayer. Not that that doesn't matter, but I mean, seriously.
0: God put doctors on this earth and gave them the skills and the talent. and yes. You know. The want to help people to help people. Agreed. So let him help people. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> Larry King also questions the fact that Simon didn't want an autopsy. Yeah. I'm going to let you listen to how he responds. Okay. Uh,
2: You didn't want an autopsy at first? No. Are you a a religious Orthodox Jew? I was. Orthodox Jews don't want autopsies, right? It wasn't that. I mean, I I could blame the religion. It would be the easiest thing to do. There was this woman who just lost her daughter who, who, to us, it was such a shock this pristine body that was curvy in all the right places so and an the skin accident. like silk and I, how could i say in front of her mother cut her up i mean it was just and what unfathomable kind of insanity is that so what did they do in they the cut moment. her up anyway
1: what wow you don't want an autopsy
0: because you don't want them
1: to cut through her nice skin
0: and like he made it oh like that's yes, disturbing he made it super cringe I can't imagine what it would be like in that moment to have to tell somebody, yes, do an autopsy, knowing what that is and knowing what that entails. The thing is, though, they don't ask that. They do it anyway. Yeah. And he says, if anybody didn't catch all of it, they were in shock because this beautiful woman whose body was curvy in all the right places and her skin was like silk. Pristine. Pristine Pristine body. body. Wow. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) This is your wife who has just died. It's weird to talk about her that way. Yeah, and then her mom on the
1: other side saying that it was unfathomable to think about cutting her up. Like I don't
0: understand. So, there's that. Later in the interview, they talk about when the 911 call was made. Okay, so here's a clip of that. This one is a little bit longer.
2: And poor Sharon was stuck on the phone for eight and a half minutes. Oh. She was crying and screaming hope. <laughs> Was well, no, she was some of the nine one one operators trying to pass to me, me the? So were you able to explain to nine one one what you what what the problem was or were yours? Well, yeah, we j- I just knew that. She, from when she collapsed, I was with her in the bathroom, and I was sitting across from her with her little puppy Clara, and she said, "Mommy, please hug me." And I went to get up, and she just collapsed like right there. And um, that's what I screamed for. Simon. And did you do out of CPR? Oh shh. I did my sub CPR from the minute my wife collapsed until the minute the paramedic walked in. Did they get there quickly? No, I define quickly. They were there in nine minutes. Where is it, Beverly Hills? Uh, West. uh, Beverly Hills is three minutes. I I know. Yeah. Be nice.
0: had a be alive, I, a I thought that nobody was there when she collapsed. I thought that she walked in on her. Yep, I did too. In the nine one one call, she says they ask her. Sorry, big Simon's driving by. Um, <laughs> they ask her, "Did anybody see what happens? What yeah, happened?" And, and she, she says said no. no, but she was right there with her when she collapsed. She even talked to her. <laughs> so I don't understand.
1: Also, so it's not just Simon's her mother too that's in on this
0: apparently. Or allegedly, speculation is surrounding both of them. Yes. Well, let's see. Um, it's right really h- direction. It's really hard to understand at the end because, like, all three of them are talking at the same time. Yeah. But they're talking about um, how long it took the ambulance to get there. Right. He said nine minutes. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, they live in like the Hollywood Hills, somewhere, wherever that wasn't three minutes away, like Beverly Hills is. Mm-hmm. And Simon says. Maybe if we lived in a zip, in a different zip code, she would still be alive. Yeah. Uh, so maybe if you took her to the doctor, she'd still be alive. Yeah, I agreed. I don't He's know. He's trying to how make it sound like. Is a super long time for an ambulance to get there if nine minutes is a long time or not? I wouldn't think so. Um, I mean, there's times.
1: I waited for someone for granted. I mean, I know we're in a lot more of a rural area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, we are. Uh huh. Um, but it took them 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, to get there. I was at work and I was like a first responder and I had to stay with the man until the ambulance showed up. It was like 45 minutes. Yeah. So I don't, nine minutes to me was like, oh, that's fast.
0: Well, the thing for me is you're dogging them and basically saying if they had got there sooner, she'd still be alive. Okay. Nine minutes. Yeah. But they said that three minutes. So they're saying six minutes. Okay. What about uh, six days into her being sick? Yeah. Nine days, 10 days. Yeah. How long was she sick with this laryngitis before she died? Yeah.
1: With no medical attention whatsoever. Yeah.
0: And it wasn't even laryngitis. Why does everything we have come down to the fact that
1: people need a medical attention that they did not get? I don't know.
0: We're on like a, it's a phase. <laughs> so, throughout most of the interview, Sharon looks like she's out of it. Just looking at her eyes, she looks like she's terrified the whole time. And I don't. Wow. Which, granted, her daughter did just die understandable if she's do
1: you have a date
0: on like how long between the death and the interview um it was roughly two months okay so month and a half two months ish still pretty fresh I yeah. guess. so i mean it's understandable if she's you know not completely there right i can't imagine she just i don't know yeah and also simon is constantly interrupting her and talking over her Someone in one of the documentaries I watched said that she seemed submissive to Simon, and I agree. Yeah. Now I'm going to play another clip from the interview just to kind of show their dynamic a little more. And they are talking about, again, the morning of Brittany's death. Okay.
2: Let me explain for for the record a declarative statement. My wife had not taken any drugs that could harm her that morning. That is for... uh, I will no drug overdose her. Oh, please. Oh, Brittany it's was Billy yeah. was scared to take a, a... So she never had so a drug She had a heart heart heart. much heart. of a prolapse. So and she couldn't. I'm be. sorry to So all she had is the laryngitis leading into that morning. Leading into the morning and a few days. That morning she woke up, she couldn't breathe. She went out and get to get some air. Sharon followed her out. I'll I'll say this. Because I know you can't. She said, Mom, I'm dying. I love you. Mom, well, I'm dying. I love you. She knew she was dying. <laughs> it was believe... about an hour before. But... No, 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 baby. This was you forgotten oh, time. Sorry, I... oh. And then she ran to the bathroom. Oh, those... Britney had Brittany's safe haven was the bathroom. So I was the most pleased she was in the bathroom. That meant she was pulling herself together, you know, reading Vogue and putting on lipstick. And that was pretty, you
0: know, and then what? And then Sharon screamed, Simon. Their dynamic is so weird. Ugh. No, baby, baby, you've forgotten time. And she told him she was
1: dying, supposedly. Yeah. If she feels read. that bad, you're not going to take her to the freaking
0: doctor. That's what makes me think, though. She said, but this was an hour before. So maybe he was like, no, no, you've forgotten time. Because then people would say, she told you she was dying an hour before she died. Why didn't you take her to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Why was she not rushed to the hospital the minute she told you she's dying? Because then he corrected it and said, no, right after
1: you said, she said, I'm dying, she went upstairs to the bathroom. Um, yeah. Mm.
0: Needless to say, that interview didn't really help with the public's perception View, yeah. of them. Simon later invited Radar Magazine into the house for a tour. Okay. And he is sure to mention, oh, you're the first people to see the infamous bathroom. Wow. Mm-hmm. He points out um, this little chase lounge. I think it was for her dog. Uh-huh. And he points it out, and he's like, this is where she fell, and then we put her here. And Okay. It's... it's creepy to watch so you're showcasing her death scene yes he's profiting from his wife's death he also shows them her clothes and there's like racks and racks and racks of clothes he's like she's got gucci louis vuitton all this stuff and he picks up this baby blue leather jacket and he was like oh i've never seen her i never saw her wear that isn't that cute what are what are you talking dude anyways i don't even oh it's weird it's super weird and you can watch all this too it's straight cringe. There's also another part in the interview that I forgot to mention where they're talking about all of her clothes and stuff and Larry King asks if she was spoiled and Simon tells him that no she wasn't spoiled you know she appreciated everything that she had. He said quote she loved clothes and I love to dress her. Okay why are you dressing her? I mean, even
1: if you're not talking about physically, he's picking out her clothes like she's not capable of choosing her own outfits. Either way, that's really yeah. weird.
0: I mean, it could be completely innocent. She loved shopping. I loved helping her pick out clothes and put outfits together. We both kind of like doing that, but just, I love to dress her. It just sounds weird. Yeah, agreed. Anyways, um, fast forward to May 23rd, 2010. This is almost five months to the day since Brittany has passed. Mm-hmm. Sharon makes a 911 call again. This time she's calling because Simon is now unresponsive on the bed. Okay. During the call, she says something along the lines of, Baby, please get up. Baby, please wake up. The 911, the dispatcher, he tells her to move him onto the floor, and she says that she can't because he's gigantic, which he is a large man, okay, 300 pounds or so, I think. The paramedics arrive and they try to resuscitate him without success. So Simon Monjack is pronounced dead at 945 that night. Wow. Okay. Ed Winter is the lead investigator on that case as well. In the bedroom, tons of pill bottles like before. Most were Simon's, but some were made out to Sharon. And when Winter asks her, he's like, there's medicine of yours in the same bedroom where Simon's medicine is. And she tells him that they sometimes share the bed to comfort each other after losing Brittany. So now, there's all this speculation about Simon and Sharon being involved. Yeah, he's calling him baby. That was weird to me too. Like, I can't imagine our mom calling just stop. Joseph just baby. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. <sighs> And they also took these pictures together. These ha- They had, like, pictures taken after Brittany died of them, like, holding her picture. I guess, like, them grieving. You know, to each their own. If you want to do that, that's fine. Somebody in the documentary said this. Perfect way to describe it. It looks more like two parents mourning the loss of a child than a husband and mother-in-law mourning the loss of his wife. His wife. Ew. It is weird. It's just weird. Oh. So, anyways, Sharon later denied ever saying that, you know, they slept in the same bed or that her medicine... She denied
1: that she ever said that?
0: Yes. She denied saying that and she denied that any of her medicine was in the bedroom. So, she's saying that the detectives are lying, basically. Yeah. Or she denied that some of the pill bottles that they found said Sharon Monjack. What?
1: Weird.
0: And after they did she, she denied
1: that they said Sharon Monjack.
0: Yeah, they found pill bottles that said Sharon Monjack. She deny- not Murphy. Right. It's just weird to me that they stayed living in the same house after yes. Brittany died. It's all weird. It is all weird. One point in the interview... Uh, Larry King asks Sharon, you know, like, where are you going to go now? Are you going to go here or whatever? And she, like, looks over at Simon and they're like, oh, you know, we can't leave each other. We're glued now. Why? What? Why? Weird. I don't know. Ugh. So, Simon's mom, Linda, said that he was always with young women, young, beautiful women. And she said, quote, I rest my case, end quote. So, she's saying that, there couldn't have been anything going on between the two of them because he was only with young, beautiful women. And I guess she's saying Sharon Murphy was not young and beautiful. So she was there. I could understand it, if they wanted to stay in the house because it is this big house. They would have been more like roommates. I mean, yeah. Not being in the same bed. Anyways. No. Five days after Simon's death... Sharon calls their publicist to the house, and she gives him rings, bracelets, necklaces. They're -hmm. all diamonds. And she tells him she needs cash, and she tells him to sell it. So he worked with two different jewelers on Rodeo Drive. The first one looks at it and says, none of this is real. What? Takes it to the second one. None of this is real. So all this jewelry and stuff that Simon had bought, uh huh. none of it's real. What do you know? He had spent $3 million of Brittany's money in three years and had nothing to show for it. Wow. Basically. He supposedly had these properties and was making these investments and stuff like that. hmm And whenever the publicist went back to Sharon and was like, you know, I'm so sorry, but none of this is real. She was like, well, I guess there's really not any property then. And I guess there's not none of this. And there's just nothing. Yeah. She's just like left with nothing. Weird. Yeah, that is. Golly. Everything. Everything's weird. Nothing adds up. Nope. A month later, Simon's autopsy report is released. His cause of death is, li- is listed as community acquired acute bronchial pneumonia. Also stated that he had severe anemia. What? The exact same cause of death as Brittany Murphy.
1: What?
0: And it's weird. She's 115 pounds. He was 300 pounds. Okay. But they died of the exact same thing in the same house, five months apart. Something is strange. Can you cause pneumonia? I don't know. I know. I know. I know. Trust me. Go on, because I'm at a loss. So, something was found out about Simon that we didn't know before. When? After his death. Okay. He had a child... What? That was that was going to private school in England, and he was using Brittany's money to help pay for that private school. Wow! And no one knew of this child, not even Brittany. Oh my gosh! Simon Insurance publicist during the interview in the documentary that I watched, he found out on that interview, Simon had a second child. What? Yes, the mother of that second child was a woman named Elizabeth Ragsdale. Okay. They were engaged June 1998 in France. He told her that he had spinal cancer one night when she was saying no to him, Uh to being intimate. Then he tells her that he has this spinal cancer, and he tells her that he has to go get treatment in Monaco. Monaco? That place. He has to go get treatment with shark cartilage. Uh. Then, you know, she agrees. I mean, this is the love of her life. They are engaged to be married. She thinks he is dying of cancer. And she says that he was very rough. It was not always when she wanted to. And on September 1998, he told her that they needed to have a baby now if they wanted to have kids. Because the shark cartilage treatments would make him sterile. What is wrong with him? I don't know. Is that even, do you even know if that's a legitimate treatment? No, and I I don't know. That does not sound right at all. At the end of the pregnancy, he told her that he wanted the baby to be born on U.S. soil. You know, I understand a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. He was still in Monaco. She gets there in New York. She called him, and he hung hung up on her. Okay. She couldn't get a hold of him for a while after that, and she finally got a hold of his mom, and his mom tells her that he didn't have spinal cancer, And the villa owner that they were staying with in France said that he's already with somebody else. Wow. Was that his first or second child? This was his second child. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And she's in this interview, Elizabeth is. And she said that in April of 2007, she was in Paris, and she saw in the paper that he had married Brittany Murphy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think he contacted her, and he offered to buy her a house. And he said that if she talked to anybody told their whole story and about this child that he would come and take her son if she was not quiet. Wow. And Elizabeth also said that he loved anorexic women. Okay. One, sir, that's not healthy. That is a issue, a condition that needs to be treated. Correct. It's not something that should be appealing to you. Right. Because it's not healthy. Two you are no one to talk, sir. No offense about yeah. somebody's body and yeah. their health. Just saying. Yeah. Uh Angelo, Brittany's dad, he refused to believe that Brittany's death was accidental. And he petitioned to get a uh, sample of Brittany's hair so it could be tested for toxic substances. And this was sent to a lab in Colorado. Okay. In oh. November of 2013, the results came back. And they showed significant levels of 10 heavy metals in her hair. Wow. Those levels could cause dizziness, sweating, cramps, coughing, and fatigue. And apparently Brittany suffered, was suffering from all of those symptoms in the days leading up to her death. Yeah, a lot of them
1: are symptoms of
0: pneumonia. Yeah. So, Angelo, after finding this out, he wanted to have Brittany's body exhumed so further testing could be done. Uh-huh. But... Sharon would have had to give consent and she denied it. Right. When Angelo started looking into it further and wanted to get the hair samples and stuff, he got in contact with a doctor wet mm-hmm. and he concluded that the heavy metals were found in the hair, but they weren't in the roots of the hair and they right. weren't in the bloodstream. So okay. he w- was saying that these were from hair products, they were from hairspray, from hair dye, because If the heavy metals in her hair is what caused the anemia, Mm -hmm. which the reason they were looking into it is because severe anemia can also be like a sign of arsenic poisoning, which was like the whole thing around this. Right. But it wasn't in her bloodstream. And if it had have been in her bloodstream at some point, it would have grown out into the roots of her hair. Right. And it wasn't in the roots. The doctor that performed the autopsy also backed up his statement. Okay. So, So the males that were found didn't have anything to do with their cause of death? According to them, no. Okay. Angelo fully believed that Sharon had poisoned their daughter and then poisoned Simon to cover it up. Okay. His big thing is why wouldn't she want the body exhumed to know for sure what happened to her daughter? Yep. Like, I understand the whole, you know, I just want her to rest or I just can't imagine doing that to her. Even if it's just her body, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for all the noises outside. It's a nice day and everybody and the mama is out riding the motorcycle. <laughs> it was also pointed out in the documentary that Sharon had survived breast cancer, I think twice. So, she would have had a weaker immune system. So, why didn't she get sick? Why didn't she catch this pneumonia? Yeah, weird. So, no, I know. Simon was mm. overweight. He apparently didn't take care of himself. Understandable. Brittany, otherwise healthy. She had a heart murmur, but other than that, she was completely healthy, yeah, so I don't know, it's weird. it's weird. There's some stuff that says there was black mold found in the home, which could have led to some of this stuff. Ed Winter said in the documentary that he contacted Sharon and said he would get somebody from like the county health or whatever to yeah. go check it out, and she denied it. She didn't want anybody there, yeah, that's but weird. then she denied that he ever offered that, and she denied denying it, so I uh. don't I don't know my goodness. Um, But the people who think Sharon did have something to do with it, you know, one or both of their deaths, think the possible motive is Brittany and Simon, they were planning on moving to New York, starting a family Mm -hmm. without Sharon. And she's been by Brittany's side since day one. So they think that was the motive. They were going to go off and leave her.
1: See, that's just weird that Sharon would have something to do with
0: both of them.
1: Because of the way that Simon acted toward Sharon after Brittany's death.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Like, he was the one in charge. <laughs> she was the one who was messed up on something just like Brittany was when she was with Simon. Yeah. So I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I have a hard time saying 100% that I feel like she did both because was she even capable? And if she was, why was she acting the way she was? Why was I she agree. under Simon's foot? Maybe Simon did what had something to do with Brittany's death and Sharon found out about it. And then she did the exact same thing to him. And no more digging because if they figure it out about Brittany, then they're going to figure out about him. And, you know, the only person around to do that to him would be her.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's like a book plot there, sounds like. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I can't see Sharon doing both and then acting the way she did with Simon. Simon seemed like he was in control. He was controlling her just like he was Brittany. Yeah. Allegedly.
0: Mm. So, in 2017, Angelo's health began, began to decline Man and that, accompanied by Sharon's refusal to cooperate, he decided to back off. Like yeah. there really wasn't anything he could do. And on January 22nd in 2019, Angelo passed away from natural causes at the age of 92. Man, Simon and Sharon's publicist said that the last he heard about Sharon, she was in Southern California and she was very reclusive, mm-hmm. which I would be too. Yeah, Whichever, but we you know, not that far from happened. Normal. And Winter said, quote, the cause of death is not a mystery. The mystery is why didn't somebody catch it? Yeah. So that is the controversial case of Brittany Murphy. That's insane. Yeah, a lot of this I did not know until the first time I had watched that documentary. And a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think mainly just her being the star that she was. It was an overdose. Yeah, I still think that Simon had
1: something to do with it because of his character and all of his other actions and everything.
0: Yeah. At the very, very least, he could have prevented her death. At the very least. Totally. And Sharon and her mother. Mm -hmm. Grow some kahunas and take your kid that you're so close to that's more like, you know, a sister than a daughter. Mm -hmm. Take her to the doctor. I really want to look into the fact if you can make something look
1: like pneumonia because it's insane that he died from the same thing
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all weird, but and one thing uh, Larry King brought up in the interview was you know, people are calling you like a Svengali, whatever and I don't know what that is it's I think it's a character in some book. I don't know what book it is, but it's basically like somebody who is controlling and a lot of times in a negative way, right like in a bad way. And he says a Svengali. Oh, if I could be so lucky. And Sharon just laughs. And I'm like, what? What? Wow. You want to be like a bad controlling person? Controlling in a bad way? Not like controlling like, you need to get help. You need to do this. And you do the right thing. Wow. Yeah, that's. Like controlling is in have somebody in your control under your thumb. You wish you were like that? And Sharon, why are you laughing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I not either. Um, do you have a theory like one way or the other? I don't know. I feel like the mold thing could make sense. Because I mean, overtime and this and that. But Sharon not getting sick at all. And if they were together, Does it make sense? I don't know. I think, like I said, at the very least, it could have been prevented for sure. Yeah. Even if he didn't kill her physically, he was slowly killing her. Right, definitely. He was killing her career. He was killing her personality. He was killing her relationships and he was killing her mentally. Yeah, agreed. So,
1: I don't know. I really so you you don't you don't think you can go out and say that he actually killed her or that Sharon
0: killed him. I don't know. If I was to say like a theory other than she was just sick and should have been taken to the doctor, mm-hmm. I would say you don't have to. I was just didn't know if you actually had a thought. Know. Like one thing is, you know, they were both in on it together. Mhm. And then Simon tried to control her after the fact and stuff and keep the money and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then she killed him. Or she did it just like Angelo suspected and then eliminated the threat of Simon yeah. finding out or telling or whatever. But I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, we may never know for sure. And I love Brittany Murphy. Another one gone too soon. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that story. I feel like it needs to be shared. Yep, once again. <laughs> so, if you have any theories about what really happened, email those to us, as well as any personal stories, case suggestions, questions. Feedback. Things like that. Feedback. Yes. We are open to constructive criticism. Mm-hmm.
1: That means you have to be nice about it. <laughs> Join our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. Become a relative yes three buckaroonies a month get an extra episode and let us know what you would like from that if you aren't a relative what would get you to be one (laughs) what can
0: we do yep so yeah until next time Yep. thanks guys bye bye Bye. Bye.
2: goodbye see you later, later